may be seated in the name of the Lord. Thank you to our musicians, and uh, we appreciate our worship team. Thank you so very much for leading us in worship. Praise God. It feels good to praise the Lord. It feels good to praise the Lord. Thank the Lord. How many enjoyed this last Sunday? Wasn't that an amazing experience? My goodness. Amen. And we thank God for everybody who participated. There was a lot of work. Uh, that went into that event. Of course, Brother and Sister Wilkerson, our team leaders, and uh, Brother and Sister uh, Dave Duvall were such a, a blessing to them and, and that endeavor. Thank, many thanks to the Oasis Conference Center and to all of our circle leaders. Our circle leaders did an outstanding job. Let's give them a great big hand. Amen. Thank the Lord. And, uh, and, and there, there was a lot of work that went into the uh, audio-visual setup, uh, they, people got there at uh, 6, 6.30 a.m. getting everything all set up. Sunrise service. Amen. And we're very grateful to them for that sacrifice of time and that extension of labor. And, and God certainly will bless them for that. We're also grateful to those in the children's ministry. Our, while we were enjoying the uh, Circles of Eight uh, vision casting. Uh, there was an outstanding children's ministry service taking place just next door to us, and we thank God for that. We love our children at Tree of Life Church. Amen. And uh, we're grateful for that. And our ushers, didn't our ushers do a fantastic job? It was fantastic, just wonderful. Our music team did a wonderful job. God bless our music team. Uh, just a wonderful day, and, and, and it's preparing us for what God is doing here at the Tree of Life Church. And there are marvelous things taking place. Every single day, good and, and great reports come in of what the Lord is doing. And uh, we thank the Lord for that. Praise God. And we're going to go directly into the Word of the Lord tonight uh, from the book of Colossians. That's where we're going to begin. And I'm going to be speaking over the next... A few weeks uh, on the subject things above things above uh, from Colossians chapter 3 we will take our text and this is going to serve as the foundational text uh, for uh, each one of these lessons that we're going to be teaching and uh, I want to I want to read it to you it is my desire it is my uh, heart's desire to somehow, some way, inspire in each and every person who will expose themselves to the ministry of the word and surrender themselves to the ministry of the word. It is my heart's desire that some way, somehow, we can stir, inspire, challenge a desire within the hearts of those who hear the word to set their affection on things above. If we can accomplish that, then we will have done the good work of the Lord. And, uh, and, and so when we pray and when we seek the face of God, we do it with the intent of inspiring people to set their affection on things above. Even in the preaching of the gospel, that's what we're doing we are presenting something that is not of this earth, but we're presenting something that is from above. And so Colossians chapter 3, uh, verse 1, 
If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth, for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which you also walked sometime when you lived in them. But now you also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Oh, hallelujah. The new man that Jesus has made us into, that he has come to bring us to, is that image of God by which we were originally created. And that is where God wants to take us, is he wants to take us back to where it all began. So I want to talk to you a little bit about this things above. I want to concentrate your attention on Colossians 3 to set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. That, that term, set your affection, set your affection, it actually means to exercise your mind. That's what it means, to exercise your mind or to entertain. So it's telling us to set our affection. Now we know what connotation that has, to set our affection. We know that that's saying, love the things that are above. That, that word affection jumps out at us. What, what are you affectionate about? What are the things in life that you care for? What are the, what are the things in life that are important to you? And, and the scripture is telling you that the things that should be important to you are the things that are above. The things that you care about ought to be the things that are above. The things that you look forward to, the things that, that, really, that really excite you and inspire you ought to be the things that are above. So he's telling us to care for those things and to crave those things, but, but he teaches us how to do it and he said to do it this way set your affection on things above and it literally means to exercise your mind on things above entertain in your mind things which are above not on things on the earth and so we understand that this is a principle of the scripture from the book of psalms uh, the very first psalm, one that we've become very uh, affectionate about. We have, we have entertained it. We have talked about it, of course, all through the years, but particularly 
in recent months, as we've discussed and, and, and meditated on the fact that the Lord has called us to be a tree of life, but Psalm 1, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. You know that is telling you that if you will not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, you will be blessed. Simply by refraining from the counsel of the ungodly, you already have a blessing in your life. He goes on to say, nor standeth in the way of sinners. Don't stand in the way of sinners. Don't, don't hang out with the wrong crowd. Don't do it. Don't hang out with folks that are going to be an evil influence on you. Don't do it. And if you won't do that, guess what? There's a blessing coming in your life. Simply by the way of the fact that you are choosing who will have influence on you. Thirdly, he says, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. So don't sit in the seat of the one who mocks, scoffs, makes fun of, is, is hateful or gossiping. One who is scornful. Don't sit in that seat. Don't sit in a seat of judgment of others. You're blessed of the Lord if you refuse to sit in that seat. And, and you say, well... How do I keep from doing those things? Perhaps it is your habit to somehow walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Maybe it's your habit to sit in the seat of the scornful. Maybe, it's, maybe, maybe you've got a routine and it involves standing in the way of sinners. That's your crowd. That's who you feel comfortable with. I'll tell you how you achieve the nobility of Psalm 1. Verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. Exercise your mind on things that are above. Entertain things that are above. Good to see you, Brother Steve Kovach. God bless you. All the way from Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, we're so glad to see the Kovaches anytime they're able to be here. Exercise your mind on things which are above. Set your mind on on the things that are of God. So his delight is in the law of the Lord. And this is how his delight is in the law of the Lord. In his law doth he meditate. What does he do? He sets his mind to the law of God. Day and night. You know how you do that during the day? You read the word. You hear the word. You memorize the word. You teach the word. You obey the word. You let the word of God constantly feed you. Have, have, have a sermon playing in your day. Have a sermon feed you every morning. Let, let that be a part of your daily devotion. Look into the word of God and get daily bread for your day. That's how you delight yourself in the law of the Lord by day. By night, the way that you delight yourself in the law of the Lord, go to bed thinking about the law of God. Go to bed contemplating the beauty of holiness. Go to bed pondering the promises of God. Hallelujah. I'm trying to teach you how to keep this most strategic part of you, your mind, pure before God. Pure of ungodly motive. Pure of ungodly thought. Pure of ungodly fear. And, and focused on the things of the Lord. His delight is in the law of the Lord. In his law doth he meditate day and night. And if you'll do this, then you will go through the night contemplating the things of God. And in, when the enemy comes against you, and many times the enemy will come against you 
at night, while you're asleep, while you are unguarded, and, and you'll wake up and you will have had a dream that you never would have expected to have, but it's because the enemy came against your mind while you were in an unguarded position. Guard your mind with the Word of God. Go to bed meditating upon the things of the Lord. Fall asleep into the beloved, the rest that God gives His beloved, and do so contemplating the things of God. Hallelujah. And He'll take away all manner of vices that the enemy would bring against you in the middle of your sleep. Thank the Lord. Amen. Anybody ever woke up in the middle of the night troubled? You don't even know why. Maybe you're like Nebuchadnezzar. You don't know what you dreamed, but whatever it was, scared you half to death. Well, that's because the enemy came against you while you were in an unguarded position. And he will cause fear, and he will cause all manner of, of, of weapons to come against you. But when you set your mind to things which are above, then you are protecting your mind from the onslaught of the enemy. Hallelujah. And the Lord will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him thank the lord psalm 19 continuing on this path psalm 19 and verse uh, number uh, 13 keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins let them not have dominion over me then shall i be upright and i shall be innocent from the great transgression let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Hallelujah. Now the question we have to ask ourselves is this. Are the words of our mouths and are the meditations of our uh, hearts acceptable in the sight of God? Because if they're not acceptable in the sight of God, then that's, that's half your trouble. That's half your trouble. It is when we put the Lord first and allow him to be Lord over our whole being, our body, our soul, our mind, and our strength. Then that's when we begin to experience the peace, the good peace of the Lord. Amen. From the book of Proverbs chapter 23. The book of Proverbs chapter 23, verse number 7. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. When you begin to think something in your heart, that thing becomes you. This is why if, if, a, if a thought flashes through your mind by the work of the enemy, that's different than when you're thinking something in your heart. This is why you can't necessarily all of the time manage what is placed in front of you. You can do your best and you should do your best to manage what you have in front of your eyes, what you have within hearing of your ears, what you have in the in terms of the environment that you are subjecting yourself to. Manage that and, and, and make sure that you are putting yourself in a godly environment. Make sure that you're putting yourself in a place where what you see is of a godly nature and what you hear is of a godly nature. Set no wicked thing before thine eyes. 
This is what the word of the Lord teaches us. Because if it's before your eyes and your ears and, and, is, and has access into your mind, the, those, are the, those are the portals into the heart of man. And you said something before your eyes and your ears and it makes its way into your heart. And it goes from being something that you were accidentally confronted by and it becomes something that you have now entertained and are becoming the very thing that has been a thought of your heart. And so that's why the scripture teaches us, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Amen. Don't set your mind to things on the earth. But set your mind on things above. Don't set your affection on things of the earth. But set your affection on things above. Don't set your mind to entertain the things that are on the earth. But set your mind to entertain the things that are above. This is, this is a routine uh, a theme of the scriptures. And I want to point out to you from the book of Colossians chapter 3 again. We're going to go back there and look at what the Apostle Paul uh, says to the Colossian church. He begins to explain to them to mortify. That means kill. That means crucify. It doesn't mean cope with, deal with. You know, it means to crucify, mortify your members which are upon the earth. And these are the things that you need to mortify and crucify and the things that you will deal with on the earth. Fornication uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry. These things are all perverse in nature. These are things that are perverse in nature, and many of them deal with the lusts of the flesh and the lusts of the eyes. Many of them are sexual sins. And the apostle Paul is teaching the church to mortify, crucify, Get rid of this. Whatever it is that is giving you access into this way of living, you need to run from it. Give it no access into your life. These are things of the earth. They are of the earth and they will forever be a problem to you. They will bring your soul into bondage. And they will bring your soul into condemnation. And they will bring your soul into damnation. That's what this will do. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> That's all right, buddy. Come on. How you doing? <laughs> Amen. Let's give him a big hand. You good, baby boy. Amen. <laughs> he just wants to help with the preaching. That's all right. Amen. And the, the word of the Lord teaches us teaches us that these things are of the earth and these things because they are of the earth you know you hear you hear the word of the Lord tell us in fact in first John it says it so clearly and I, I I find myself quoting it often love not the world neither the things that are in the world for if any man love the world the love of the father is not in him and and let me explain to you why that is the Bible does explain it says for the things of the world passeth away but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Do you know what that means? See, see the, it, it's kind of a nice way of saying it. The world passes away. And that's a kind of a, a nice way of saying the world dies. When you say that some, something or someone passed away, you're saying they died. 
And that's what the scripture's teaching us. The world dies. So don't love the world. And, and, and let's, let's make it even more plain. When you're talking about something dying, you're talking about something that has death in it. So the reason you don't love this world is because the things of this world have death in them. They are encoded with death. They have death inherent within them. So this is why it tastes pleasant to the flesh, but inside of that fleshly fruit is an ungodly, sinister, hellish, devilish death that, that begins to exact its horror upon your life and upon the lives of those that you love. Do not set your mind to these things. These are the things of the earth, and the earth is in the process of dying. Fornication is full of death. Inordinate affection, which is perversion, and, and, and we see a lot of it in our world today, and, and, and this is an inordinate affection. There is death all throughout inordinate affection. There is death all throughout idolatry, death all throughout uncleanness and adultery. It is full of deadly toxins of the spirit poisons do not set your mind to these things if you set your mind to them as you think in your heart so are you and the death becomes you the death takes a hold of you from the book of second timothy chapter 2 it begins to say say it again second timothy chapter 2 verse 22 flee also youthful lusts but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Now listen, I want, to, I, want to, I want to read to you from verse 20. In a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, meet for the master's use, prepared unto every good work. Flee also youthful lusts and, and youthful, their youthful lusts, that's not reserved for the young. That's not reserved for the young. That's just anybody who's acting like they don't know better. That's just anybody who's acting like they've never learned anything. That's just anybody who's acting like they've never matured. Or developed emotionally and mentally and spiritually. That's, that's where youthful lusts come from. Somebody can be well advanced in years and, and participate in youthful lusts. And, 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 and it's, you think they would know better. And they do down deep. But because they've set their affection on things on the earth, they're participating in youthful lusts. But the scripture teaches them to, and there's only one way to handle youthful lusts. Flee. Run. Run. Don't hang around. Run. Don't sit down and negotiate. Don't try to find common ground. Don't try to find middle ground. Well, now let's see. Let's see if we can meet halfway. You better get out of there, Eve. You better get out of there, Samson. You better get out of there, Ananias and Sapphira. You hear what I'm saying? You better get out of there, Judas Iscariot. This, this, these are people who tried to negotiate with the things of earth. And they entertained those things of the earth. And they dwelled on those things of the earth instead of setting their affection on things that are above. 
And so you look, you see very clearly what the things of the earth are. They are fornication. They are inordinate affection. They are youthful lust. Uh, you go back to the book of Colossians in the third chapter, and he goes on to say, in addition to the things that he mentioned in the, in the fifth verse, he goes on to say, anger and wrath and malice and blasphemy and filthy communication out of your mouth. If you're dwelling on these things, if you're dwelling on what's making you angry, if you're entertaining what's, what's causing some wrath to, to, to well up inside of you, you've got, to, you've got to part with that stuff. You are dwelling on things of the earth. You have got to dwell on things which are above. And, and he teaches us. What these things which are above are. Going back to 2 Timothy, he teaches us. He says to flee the youthful lusts. Make sure that you flee them. Don't just casually stroll along and, and, and no, no, get out of there. Run as fast as you can like Joseph did. Joseph didn't mess around. Joseph just, he hightailed it out of there. And, and, and thank God that he did. And you know why he did? He said, because I cannot do this great wickedness before my God. What was he setting his mind to? God, who is above all, things above. His mind was on pleasing God. And if his mind is fixed on pleasing God, then this thing of the earth, hallelujah, grows strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. So 2 Timothy chapter 2, it, he begins to explain to us what we should avoid. He said to flee youthful lust. He said in verse 24, 3, to foolish and unlearned questions avoid because you know that they do gender strifes. There are more people that have got bent out of shape over foolish questions and unlearned questions. And he said avoid those. It's a trick of the enemy to get us to think about things on the earth when we should all be dwelling on things which are above. So he tells us those things which are above in verse 23. Follow righteousness. Follow faith. Follow charity. And follow peace. And you want to talk about who you should hang out with? We've already talked about not standing in the way of sinners. You need to ditch Whoever it is that has some kind of a spell on you to where you can't live for God when you're around them. There's no shame in that, ladies and gentlemen. It be, be just, come on, be, a, be real and transparent. If you're not able to live for God when you're around them, then, then don't worry about being called weak. Just get, get out of that crowd. Get away from that influence. Walk away from that influence. And say, no, my relationship with God is too important to me to be subdued by this influence for one more day. And the scripture teaches us to follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. That's who you need to hang around with. You hang out with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Well, they're not as fun. You'll find them fun once you get your affection on the right thing. Well, they, they're not as funny. You won't laugh at the same stuff you used to laugh at if you'll get your affection on the things you need to get your affection on. 
It'll change your humor. It'll change your, what your motives. It'll change what you enjoy. It'll change everything about you. And you'll have peace. I said you'll have peace. There'll be a settling in your soul. There will be a calmness to come over you. The fear will strangely drift from you. All of that envy and strife and anger that you had toward others, all of that will begin to melt away and fade away when you start to set your affection on things above. Hallelujah. Things that are above the fray. Things that are above this earth. Stop thinking that this earth is so, so uh, much worth living for. Stop it. Just stop it. Just stop it. We just got word again yesterday of a longtime family friend, Brother Dave Peterson, who passed away. And our prayers are with Sister Bonita Peterson and the Peterson family, Brother Ryan Peterson, his son, and uh, minister of the gospel. And, and our prayers are with this family Brother Peterson wasn't, he wasn't an old man, he, but he passed away of a stroke in the middle of the night. And, and it just, it, as I received the word, it, it just, it was one more time that we received word of someone else passing on into eternity. That's the world you're living in. That's this earth that you're living in. And you're playing games with it because you don't think that it matters when it could be you this week. And there's no guarantee that it won't be. All that has to happen is for one, one wrong turn from some other driver, not even you. Somebody texting, not you, them. Maybe you, God forbid. But, but, but you're, out of, you're not in control of what other people are doing. You hear what I'm telling you? That's the world you're living in. This world is fragile. This earth is fragile. We're not living for this earth. We've got to set our affection on things above. I'm telling you, in a flash, in a moment, everything you're doing comes to a complete standstill. They had lunch plans too. They had, they had dates on their calendar also. They had stuff they were going to do for God. They had plans, they had vision, but this earth has a schedule. And all of us are one day closer. Every one of us are one day closer to stepping from time into eternity than what we were when we woke up this morning. And you better start taking seriously this matter of setting your affection on things above because you will stand before a judgment seat of Christ. Oh, yes, you'll stand before a judgment seat of Christ and you will give an account. And you know what the scripture teaches us? The scripture teaches us that there will be whole groups of people who will rise up in judgment with you. They'll be there standing right with you. And when you start giving all of your excuses... They're going to say, we face something even more severe than you. But we set our affection on things above. That's what the scripture teaches us. The scripture teaches us that the men of Nineveh shall rise up in judgment with this generation because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. That means that when somebody who would not repent, when they heard the preaching of the word of God, when they stand before God in judgment, the men of Nineveh are going to come around them. And say, we repented when we heard the preaching of the word. Folks, you're not dealing with a crooked court when you stand before his judgment seat. 
you're not going to be able to buy your way out of this and you don't have a connection to get out of this there's only one 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 way to God you've got to be buried in his name washed in his blood filled with his spirit walking up the king's highway there's a highway to heaven and none can go up there but the pure in heart oh none can go up there but the pure in heart and you can't even purify your own heart oh i plead with you i plead with you to set your affections on things above I plead with you in the name of the Lord to flee youthful lust. I plead with you in the name of God Almighty to step into a place of seriousness concerning your soul's salvation. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Oh, God, and I'm telling you what, the burden of the Lord I feel right now, everybody in this place ought to be saying, Lord God, keep me, help me, comfort me and strengthen me. Let me see, hallelujah, let me see what is holy and what is right. God, put a seriousness in my soul, put a, put a seriousness in my soul. From the book of Romans chapter 14, the scripture teaches us in Romans 14 verse number 17. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. See, see, the kingdom of, of God, it's not about getting through the earth as you know it from one day to the next. It's not a matter of surviving on this planet. The kingdom of God is about righteousness. It's about peace it's about joy in the Holy Ghost. Do you know the first time righteousness is mentioned? You know, you and I can't even, we can't even be righteous in and of ourselves. Everything that we would try for righteousness, it's all for naught. That's why you've got to wake up and pay attention and be, be very serious about the things of God. Genesis chapter 15 is the first time we read the word righteousness in the scriptures. And, and it's very telling when you look at it. Genesis chapter 15 and verse number, we're going to look at the beginning of the chapter. And this is what the word of the Lord says. It's a conversation between God and Abram. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield, thy exceeding great reward. Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless? The steward of my house is this Eleazar of Damascus. Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven. Do you see what God did? Abram was looking at his house. Abram was looking at what he had under his roof. Abram was 
was judging his whole future based on, on what he could lay his eyes on and what he could lay his hand on. And, on. and he wasn't seeing all this promise from God. It made no sense to him. You know, he's been obedient to God and, and, and he's trying to do what God called him to do. And he said, Lord, you keep talking about this child that I'm going to have and I have no child. And look, look at my house and, and look at Eleazar, he's a steward, but, but I'm assuming that's going to be my, my heir. And the Lord said, no, you've set your affection on things on the earth. You're looking at things that are taking place on the earth. And look what he said in verse 5, look now toward heaven. Tell the stars if thou be able to number them. He said unto them, so shall thy seed be. See, the promises of God become clear to us when we look toward heaven. Now, they are very unclear to us as long as we're looking on the earth. If you look around you, around the things that are taking place in your life, if you look around at the relationships that you have in this life, if you look at what provisions you have now, then the promises of God are going to sound like a foreign language and you'd have no clue what he's talking about. But if you let him direct your affection to where they should be, set your affection on things which are above, look toward the heaven and tell the number of the stars. Hallelujah. You have to look toward heaven. And when you look toward heaven, then the promises of God begin to be clear. Verse number six, he believed in the Lord and the Lord counted it to him for righteousness. You know where righteousness comes from? Because that's what the kingdom of God is. It's righteousness. It doesn't come from you. It doesn't come from your ability to be good. It doesn't come from your willpower. It becomes on your simple believing in the Lord and he counts it unto you for righteousness. Oh, hallelujah. So you ask the question, what is righteousness? I think there's a better question. Who is righteousness? First Corinthians chapter one tells us exactly who righteousness is. Verse number 27. God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. Base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are you in Christ Jesus who of God is made unto us wisdom. Christ is made unto us wisdom. Christ is made unto us righteousness. Christ is made unto us sanctification. And Christ is made unto us redemption. Jesus is wisdom. Who is sanctification? Jesus is sanctification. Who is righteousness? Jesus is righteousness. Who is redemption? Jesus is redemption. The kingdom of God is not meat. The kingdom of God is not drink. The kingdom of God is not what you can attain on this earth. The kingdom of God isn't about riches on this earth. It's not about prosperity on this earth. The kingdom of God is righteousness. The kingdom of God is peace. And the kingdom of God is joy in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you something. If you're walking in righteousness and you're walking in peace, 
and you're walking in joy, then you are already in the, somebody called it the vestibule of heaven. Hallelujah. You're sitting in heavenly places. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. If you've ever been to an amusement park and had to wait, and you know you, when, you, when, you get, when you get a certain age, you start looking. You're not looking for rides. You're looking for those nice, cool, air-conditioned places where you can go sit down and watch something happen. The Hall of Presidents. You want to go sit and watch the Hall of Presidents. And go sit there for a good 45 minutes or so and just maybe nod off a little bit, you know, in the air conditioning. But, but everybody's got the same idea, so there's this massive waiting room. And, and you're waiting for your turn to be called, and you're just sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. I'm going to tell you, some of you are in the waiting room of heaven right now. Don't leave. Don't leave. Don't get frustrated and walk out. Hallelujah. Just let that righteousness bathe you. Let that peace sweep over you. Let that joy come on you. Enjoy the presence of the Lord. It's going to be that multiplied by infinity when you reach that golden strand. Hallelujah. Where there'll be no more parting and there'll be no more sorrow. Hallelujah. On that happy golden shore, there'll be no more pain, no more dying, no more crying, no more sighing. There'll be no more sickness. There'll be no more disease. There'll be no more death of a loved one. There'll be no more tragedy. Folks, we're going to a place that is above this earth. And right now, right now, we have the earnest of our inheritance. We, we get a little bit of a foretaste. The, the song said, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste. Whew. Oh, what a foretaste. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heirs of salvation, purchase of God. Bought with his, washed in his spirit. Hallelujah. Bought with his blood. Thank the Lord, thank the Lord, thank the Lord, thank the Lord. I'm going there, ladies and gentlemen. That's where my affection is set. My affection is set on things which are above. There's not one thing on this earth that is worth missing out on that glorious place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. Did you know temptation can lose its hold on you? Did you know that temptation can lose its lure to you? I know you may not have been able to imagine that at one time in your life because it was such a giant of a temptation. It was such a, such a temptation to do wrong, such a temptation to go down the wrong path. But if you will set your affection on things above, that temptation loses its lure. It loses its magnetism. It loses its pull on you. And before long, it's, it's a distant little thing that you, you want nothing to do with. I'm so far beyond that. Now there are new temptations that try to challenge you. There are new problems that will come your way. But you're going to beat them the way you beat that. Set your affection on things above. <laughs> Fix your eyes on a heavenly prize. I'm sorry. I don't have time to be offended. I don't. I don't have time to be offended. 
Well, but they were offensive. Doesn't matter. I'm sorry. I just, I'm, I, I, that's not worth it to me. I'm setting my affection on things which are above. So, so they can be offensive if they want. They can backbite. They can send my name through the rumor mill. They can do whatever they want. But all of that is going to pass away. But that glorious place is forever and ever and ever and ever. And when you set your affection on those things above, Hallelujah. When you get there, ladies and gentlemen, my, you know, I talked a little bit about the late, the queen of the South who came and who came to hear the wisdom of Solomon. By the way, she's going to rise up in judgment too. That's what the scripture says. The queen of the South shall rise up in judgment with this generation because she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon and behold, a greater than Solomon is here. So you, you can't, you can't come down the street. Amen, to be in the presence of the Lord. But she came from the utter, listen, the uttermost parts of the earth. So you've got some splaining to do. And the queen of the south is going to be right there next to you. Glory to God. She got there. Now, whatever it was that told her to come from the uttermost parts of the earth, whatever she heard, she must have heard something. She said what she heard. I heard of thy acts. I heard of thy wisdom. And I, and I thought it couldn't be true. She said, but, but whatever it was that she heard was enough to bring her from the uttermost parts of the earth with a caravan of spices and all manner of good things, bringing them to Solomon. I mean, this, this was a major, major trip. She came from the uttermost parts of the earth just to hear the wisdom of Solomon. So whatever somebody said triggered, I, I should go and just see what that's all about. I remember that feeling because I'd heard so many people tell me, oh, you got to go to Israel. You just got to go to Israel. Have you been to Israel yet? No, I haven't been to Israel. Well, you got to go to Israel. Uh, why haven't you been to Israel? Well, I just have never made sure to do it. And Oh, you just got to go. It'll change your life. And by the time, I mean, for years, they talked about it to the point that I thought, well, now everybody's messed it up. It could never live up to what they've said it was going to be because I'm imagining the new Jerusalem. So now, so now I, almost, I almost don't want to go because there's, there's no way it can live up to the expectation. And yet when I got there, the half had not been told. The half that can't be told is the half called firsthand experience. There is one half of this gospel that can be told. He's, he's real. He's powerful. He's holy. He's wonderful. He'll fill you with the Holy Ghost. He'll wash you whiter than snow. He'll pick you up, turn you around, place your feet on solid ground. You know, we can go tell it on the mountain. There's one half of this gospel that can be told, but there's another half of this gospel that can't be told. It can only be experienced. It can only be felt. It can only be lived. Hallelujah. And she got into the temple of Solomon, the temple of the Lord, and she said, the half I did here was compelling enough that it brought me from the uttermost parts of the earth but the other half had not been told how happy are thy servants that means blessed she was amazed the kings didn't bless their servants that didn't happen the king was abundantly blessed but his servants were not blessed but her, his servants were blessed they were prosperous they were happy it was the favor of God upon the whole situation and it blew her mind 
Hallelujah. Where have you set your affection? Where have you set your affection? On things above or on things on the earth? One of the greatest temptations that this world faces, it has to do, it has to do uh, with, with the whole matter of, of sexuality. It's, it's, it's just pervasive in the world. And when you look at the scriptures, the Apostle Paul deals with it. Every time he names sins, like the first three or four all have to do, they're all of a sexual nature. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, continually. It's, it's those are the ones. You know why that is? Because the intimacy between a husband and a wife is a perfect picture of the love of God. And it is to be a pure thing. And in the context of holy matrimony between one man and one woman, husband and wife, it is a pure picture of the nature of God. Anything outside of that is perversion. Anything outside of that is sinful in nature. And the reason that it is such a temptation of the enemy for humankind is, is this reason. The devil knows that if he can mess you up there, he can distort your understanding of God's purity. And so he will tempt so many. And, 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 and if you look at our world today, that is the, that is the biggest area of, of delusion that our world faces. Inordinate affection. They're being turned over into reprobate minds because they have, they have moved into areas of perverseness and it's becoming worse and it's becoming worse. And, and it is all a part of this earth that is in the process of dying all around us. And I'm going to tell you something, church. This isn't the time for us to get a holier-than-thou attitude. This isn't the time for us to think that we're better than everybody around us. This is the time for us to lift up the gospel of Jesus Christ higher than we've ever lifted it. Shout, cry loud, spare not. Hallelujah. Weep over lost souls. Pray intercessory prayers. Travail in the Holy Ghost. Pray them into an altar. Lay hands on them that they receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's time to stir these waters of baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. These are the things which are above. These people are not our enemies. These people are in bondage. They're in bondage. And we have the truth of God that will set them free. Oh, hallelujah, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it, and I'm not going to let the enemy distract me, and we're not going to let the enemy distract us by anything on this earth that would prevent us from setting our affection on things above. Hallelujah. So you want to know, know what peace is? Better, better question is not so much what is peace, but who is peace. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, God who is rich in mercy, verse 4. Notice what it says in verse, in verse number. Well, let's just read from the beginning of the chapter, and I'll go quick. You hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Somebody ought to praise God for that. Come on, remember where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past. Where? In the lust of the flesh. That's what I'm talking about. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, whew, hallelujah, but God, 
who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sins hath quickened us together with Christ I'm going to say that again even when we were dead in sins hath quickened us together with Christ by grace ye are saved and hath raised us up together hath made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus you want to talk about unity look at what the scripture says about unity he raised us up together not separately together made us sit together oh hallelujah i wish i could preach a little while on that because it's all about unity you're not gonna you know he didn't make us sit in our respective little seats and on our favorite little pew and on our favorite little row and and you better move to the other side no 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 he hath made us sit together and he made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God not of works lest any man should boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them wherefore remember that you you being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands that at that time you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. And you ask, who is peace? Verse 14, for he is our peace. Who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. It's not what is peace, it's who is peace. It's not what is righteousness, it's who is righteousness. Jesus is wisdom, Jesus is righteousness, Jesus is redemption, Jesus is sanctification, and Jesus is our peace. Hallelujah. Notice, notice what Paul said to the church the Colossian church, he said, if you then being risen with Christ, he said, set your affection on things above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. What is he saying? He's saying that the, th the things that are above are the things that are in Christ. That's where they are. They're in him who has ascended on high. Set your affection on things above. Joy, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. What is righteousness? Jesus is righteousness. What is peace? Jesus is our peace. Where do we get joy? Isaiah chapter 12. I love this chapter. This is one of my grandfather's favorite chapters. He loved to quote this chapter. You've heard him preach it, Brother Enos. He loved to quote this chapter because he had a conversation with the rabbi. And he asked the rabbi a question. Verse 1 of Isaiah 12. In that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Though thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. Behold, God is my salvation. And he asked the rabbi, he said, Rabbi, that word salvation in the Hebrew. He said, how would that literally be translated into English? And the rabbi said, 
I think you know by, by the fact that you've asked the question. He said, could you say it for me? He said, well, it literally translates into English, Jesus. So Grandpa said, so I, I, could, I could just replace that word salvation with the word Jesus? He said, yes. He said, I'm going to read it to you. Replacing the word salvation with the word Jesus. Behold, God is my Jesus. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also has become my Jesus. Therefore with joy, hallelujah, shall you draw water out of the wells of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where does joy come from? It comes from the wells of Jesus. That's why Jesus looked at the woman at the well in Samaria and said, if you knew who was talking to you, you'd ask of water from me because the water that I give, hallelujah, is water that will cause you to never thirst again. With joy shall you draw water out of the wells of Jesus and in that day shall you say praise the Lord oh I wonder if somebody could say it right now praise the Lord in that day shall you say praise the Lord call upon his name declare his doings among the people make mention that his name is exalted sing unto the Lord for he hath done excellent things this is known in all the earth cry and shout thou inhabitant of Zion for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee thank you Jesus I'm going to tell you in that day you shall say praise the Lord if you'll ever if you'll ever lay aside every filthy weight that lieth around you if you'll ever just lay it aside shut that ungodly music off turn those ungodly movies off in the name of Jesus get rid of that filthiness of the flesh that that goes on between you and your friend groups get rid of it walk away from it flee it and get into praising God and setting your affection on things above in that day you'll say praise the Lord in that day you'll say give me more joy give me more peace give me more righteousness you may not be able to imagine it now but you hear this preacher repent of your sins turn away from the filthiness of this world and set your affection on things above set your affection on things above his holiness will consume you his righteousness will consume you. If there's somebody that knows what I'm talking about, could you just lift your hands and praise him right now? Glory to God. Ah, hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Go ahead and shake those heavy bands right now all that condemnation that's weighing on you I rebuke it in the name of Jesus you don't even feel worthy to be here tonight I rebuke that in the name of Jesus that's your adversary whispering in your ear that's the devil trying to make you feel like you don't belong you're a child of God he created you in his image he washed you in the blood of the lamb rise up out of that condemnation rise up out of that shame rise up out of that guilt 
world. Rise up out of that fear. And let the Lord of glory make his face to shine upon you again. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody stand to your feet. Clap your hands and shout unto the Lord. Shout unto the Lord. Shout unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Shout unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Shout unto him who is holy. Hallelujah. I want somebody there. Listen, there's a phenomenon in living for God. It's this. Delight thyself also in the Lord. That's another way of saying set your affection on things above. Delight thyself also in the Lord. Or set your affection on things above. And he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. See, you can't imagine right now. Oh, in the name of Jesus, the Holy Ghost is in this place. You can't imagine right now ever wanting something other than the, than the thing you're involved with. And some of you have already been brought out of it. But like a dog returns to its vomit, you've gone back to it. Like a pig would wallow in the mire again, you've gone back to it. But in the name of the Lord, hallelujah, he did not come to condemn you. He came to save you. He came to lift you. He came to rescue you. He came to bring you out. He came to clean you up. He came to wrap his everlasting arms around you and love you back to life. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. He shall give you the desires of your heart. He'll give you pure desires. He'll give you holy desires. He'll give you desires that lead to everlasting life. He'll give you desires, not desires that will lead to a sexually transmitted disease. Not desires that will lead to a DUI, DWI record. Not desires that will lead to a prison sentence, but desires that will lead to everlasting hope and peace and life and joy in the presence of the Lord Jesus. hallelujah I want somebody who has ever experienced that to step out of your seat with hands uplifted remember that you being in time past were Gentiles aliens from the commonwealth of Israel strangers to the covenants strangers to the covenants you never knew you never knew there could be a love like this. You never knew there could be a joy like this. You never knew there could be a peace like this. But God who is rich in mercy, but God who is rich in mercy, I want somebody who needs to pray. I want you to come right now. I want somebody who feels the tug of the Holy Ghost on your heart. I want you to come. I'm pleading with you to come and pray and find God. Seek his face in the name of the Lord. Seek his face in the name of the Lord. <laughs>
wonderful things and the things of this world will grow <laughs> Glory to his name. Beloved in his wonderful face. And the things of this world will grow strangely, strangely dim in the light. Of his glory hallelujah. and grace. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. So turn your, turn your eyes, eyes upon Jesus. Jesus. Oh. Come on, that's it. I want you to press in right now. I want you to press in on behalf of somebody, somebody's soul who needs salvation. I want you to pray for him right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody who needs God right now, I want you to press in. Pray for him right now in the name of the Lord. Pray for them right now in the name of the Lord. Somebody who you fear has set their affection on things on the earth. Go ahead, right now in the name of Jesus. Call the name out to God. Say, God, I want you to move on their behalf. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is here. The Holy Ghost is here doing a work. Jesus is in this place. Jesus is in this place. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hataha Mahashahaya. Oh, hallelujah. In his wonderful, wonderful face. Oh. Of this world
Oh, Lord. 